200 years since the Capitol building in Washington was breached. It was the British, the War of 1812. Yesterday, protesters breaking down barriers, doing the unthinkable as Congress was sitting to vote and approve the Electoral College following the Constitution. Republican and Democratic senators and congressmen, conservatives and liberals, all speaking out against those who stormed the Capitol building. Elected leaders, including the vice president, moved to undisclosed places of safety. One congresswoman hunkered down with her gas mask, visibly praying for peace. Maybe now is a good time, if you're a Christian, to be a Christian first. Set your politics aside. Let the gospel reign first and foremost in your heart. How can Jesus be your commander-in-chief? And what does that mean? It means love your enemies, pray for those you disagree with. But first, is your heart inclined to serve Jesus over humanity? If ever at a time, now is the time to love the Lord your God with your all. Christ Jesus comes first. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And I can't think of a better time than right now for our series called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. Today, in these next few minutes, we're going back to look at the trials and temptations of Jesus in the wilderness. We'll also see him calling his disciples to him. Luke 4 and Luke 5, powerful chapters that give us insight into the life of Christ and the free grace he's still offering us all. After the program, I want to send you the Gospel of Luke on DVD for your support of this ministry. It's the entire Gospel of Luke, word for word, with the action being portrayed by actors on location in the Mediterranean. I've never seen anything like it. It really does bring the story of Jesus to life in your mind and also your heart. Plus, you can choose on the DVD to hear it in either the NIV or the KJV translations. After the program, please call us and make your first-of-the-year gift to this listener-supported ministry. And as our thanks, we'll send you the Gospel of Luke DVD. You just need to call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, check out some sample scenes of the DVD, and make your gift then at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now let's get started with music provided for us by the Gaither Vocal Band. He became sin who knew no sin. That we might become His righteousness He humbled Himself and carried the cross Love so amazing Love so amazing Jesus Messiah Messiah, Lord of all. 
The Gaither Vocal Band, opening this haven today, meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. And that was Jesus, Messiah. I'm Charles Morris. We're only a few days into January, but already I know many who've given up on a New Year's resolution. Eating right hasn't gone well. Exercising has not happened. It can be really discouraging, right? But something we're making a point of in this first month of 2021 is to spend intentional time in God's Word. We're in a month-long series called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, and that's what we'll be doing. Every day, turning to the Lord and His Word, seeing Jesus once more through the eyes of Dr. Luke. He spent a lot of time gathering first-hand accounts, collecting data, weighing stories and evidence. He wasn't exactly a journalist, but his gospel is pretty close to journalism in its best form, I might add. But as we move into the rest of Luke's story, we're also going to see that Luke was a devoted disciple of Jesus. He wasn't a neutral bystander simply trying to report the news. He was an adopted child of God writing to convince people that Jesus really is the Messiah, the Savior, and that faith in Jesus is what will save us. And it all started with Christ's coming. Chapter 3 told us about Jesus' baptism and how Christ stood in our place. Well, let's continue the story in chapter 4, the first 13 verses. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Haven today in an excerpt from the Gospel of Luke DVD that we have for your gift with a reading from the NIV in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. It's always struck me how quickly the Lord Jesus got to work. He waited until he was 30 years old to start his ministry. But once he did, he jumped right in. He was baptized, and then his next stop was the wilderness for 40 days. No vacation. He went there to be confronted and tempted by the serpent, Satan himself. 
But before we look at his temptation, did you notice how Jesus got there? Luke is sure to tell us that he went to the desert, but he also shares with us a small detail that we can sometimes forget. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, and he was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness. Now think about that with me. The temptation and the fasting that Jesus went through in the wilderness, a miniature picture of what Israel went through in their 40-year wilderness wanderings, wasn't an accident. God the Holy Spirit sent Christ there. And here's where it gets personal for us. He brings us there, too. No, we're not all called to go out into some desolate place to confront Satan, thankfully. But those of us who were led by the Spirit are sure to be tempted and tried. He uses the schemes of the enemy to shape us into faithful and powerful witnesses. That must drive Satan crazy. Jesus' main enemy wasn't the political leaders or movements of his day. Those aren't our main enemies either. His enemies weren't the religious leaders who had sold out their faith for political power and influence. Those aren't our final enemies either. Jesus' enemy is our enemy, sin, Satan, and death. When Jesus stood in the desert all those many years ago, he was standing there for us. And how he responded to the enemy speaks volumes to how we're called to stand firm in our day, no matter what's going on around us, including Washington, D.C. Three temptations, three powerful ways to turn away from the Lord. Satan tempted Christ first with food, appealing to his appetite. I've heard it said once that what we think or say about God is a matter of the stomach. We think and say much different things depending on whether our stomach is full or whether it's starving. Jesus was starving, literally. And Satan wanted to use his hunger to make him overstep, but he refused. Satan next turned to power and prestige. He showed Christ all the kingdoms of the world and offered them to him for the simple price of bowing the knee. What he didn't realize is that Jesus, our God in the flesh, is actually the king of the universe and not just earth. Those kingdoms already belong to him. And that's where we get it wrong, too, wouldn't you say? We get caught up in thinking our earthly kingdoms are ours, that the Lord needs to bow his knee to our desires. Jesus refused to play along. He rejected Satan's offer. And that brought him to a third and final try, his trust in his heavenly father. Now, one thing you do learn from this reading, Satan knew his Bible, and he used it to tempt even Christ. Psalm 91 includes a promise of protection for the Messiah. If Christ really trusted his Father, he would put that promise to the test. How often do we face that same temptation to put ourselves in harm's way to prove that we trust the Lord? It's evil, and Christ rejected evil. But what is so powerful is how Christ resisted the devil's temptations. He simply quoted Scripture back. Man does not live by bread alone. Deuteronomy 8. Worship the Lord your God alone, and do not put the Lord your God to the test. Deuteronomy 6. It speaks to how deeply we need to know the word of the Lord. Our answer to temptation or trial is not found in ourselves, no matter how brave you might think you are. It's found in the word. Jesus shows us the way. But more than that, he does what we cannot do. He overcame Satan. Standing in our place, Christ defeats the enemy. That's what this story from Luke tells us in chapter 4. 
And as Christ returns from this first of many battles with the serpent, he begins calling his disciples. Let's listen to that together, found in Luke 5. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats, left there by the fishermen, who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. A little more from the Gospel of Luke DVD, Luke 5, verses 1 through 11. We just heard Jesus calling Simon, also known as Peter, along with James and John. They were fishermen. They weren't kings, nor high priests. They weren't theologians or politicians. They were coming out of the poor, the uneducated, overlooked, largely disliked fishermen. And before Jesus ever issued a call for Peter or James or John to follow him, he included them in his ministry. Luke just told us that as the crowds were pressing in on Jesus, trying to get close to hear him teach, he noticed one of the boats. So he got in, and he asked Simon to push out a little into the water. It was there that Jesus began to teach the Word of God. He was a preacher, and so many were gathered because they were blessed by his words. Sometimes I wish I could have heard his sermons in person. Ever thought that? His insight into the scriptures must have been profound. And then Simon, that fisherman, sitting there all the time, listening, probably wondering who this rabbi was and how he could be so eloquent. And then came the time for Simon to trust Christ for the first time. Jesus told him to put his net down into the water. Simon, ever the one to speak his mind, didn't think it would work. We've been fishing all night. We haven't caught anything, but to be polite, he did it. And what happened next completely changed his life. They didn't just catch a few fish. The nets were getting so full that they were breaking. A picture for you and me that the Lord and his provision of grace is so abundant. Simon didn't deserve those fish, but he was in need. And the Lord provides abundantly for our needs as well. We need to hear that. 
as much as Simon needed to see it. And we need to respond to the Lord's grace like Simon did. So many today pray for revival. I'm praying for revival in my own heart this year and for our ministry, but we can't ever forget that revival begins in our hearts, just like it did for Simon. Christ's abundant grace broke through, and it left Simon Peter in shambles. Go away from me. I'm a sinful man. The words of a heart that has finally seen the light and the truth. We don't deserve grace, but Jesus loves us and breaks in. And that humbles us and reveals to us just how much we need him. Because he refuses to go away, even though we're sinful. Instead, he picks us up and he makes us clean. And he turns us into fishers of men. This is the Lord. This is the Messiah. And just like Simon Peter, James, John, and all the others, we need to heed his call to follow him. That's where grace and forgiveness are found. And there in Luke chapter 5, we're shown how the Lord's grace is at work. And as we come, even in 2021, we'll see that His grace is still powerful today. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, I lift up my voice to you in heaven right now. I'm thinking of yesterday. And I'm thinking of all the ugliness that we saw in the capital of the United States in Washington, D.C. And I was profoundly struck by the need for all of us, not just those who were protesting, but for powerful leaders who were meeting and performing constitutional duties were in need of grace. No matter our political stance, it doesn't matter. Grace comes first. Lord, may we not hate our enemies. May we love our enemies, even when we disagree with them. May we find grace in our own hearts first, grace that leads to revival. And then, after we find more grace, may we encourage others to find that grace as well. May that be our first and foremost goal as followers of Jesus in this new year in a troubled day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah.
group that was formed and recorded their music just outside Washington, D.C. in Northern Virginia. That's the group called GLAD, One Pure and Holy Passion, here on Haven Today. And we're in a month-long series called Meeting Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. If the events of 2020 and this week and even yesterday have not shown us how much we need Jesus, I don't know what will. I'm praying, as I said, for revival in my life, but also your life. We need the Holy Spirit to move in our lives as well as in our world. Jesus is our only hope. We need to look to him. And one way you can do that is by reading through the Gospel of Luke with me this month. Would you set aside a little time with me to read through it at least once this month and to help you better understand this Gospel? I want to send you the DVD called The Gospel of Luke. There's no better way to experience the ministry of Jesus than with your eyes, your ears, and your heart. This feature-length film dramatically portrays the life of Christ with skilled actors shot in the Mediterranean, and I really like how it's word for word from either, you choose, the NIV or the KJV translations. I know this DVD experience will help you start a new year fresh in your walk with Jesus. Would you call us right now and make your first of the year gift? And we'll send you the Gospel of Luke DVD with our thanks. And the number to call right now is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or take a little more time. Go online. Watch the sample scenes from the movie, and then I'm sure you'll want to get the DVD, and you can make your gift there at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow, when again we'll share together the gospel, grace, and the story of Christ Jesus. It's all about Him, and we'll do it together on Haven Today. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. If there's one thing that's true of our God, it's that He is a speaking God. Creation came forth with a word. Stars put in their places, animals according to their kinds. Even Lazarus, a dead man, was summoned out of the grave with a simple word, come out. Whoever has ears to hear, let him listen to what Jesus has to say. Time and again, we hear this invitation of Christ as we read through the Gospels. There's one word that can pierce even the hardest eardrum, blessed. Blessed are you, Jesus says in Matthew 5. If you are poor in spirit, can you hear it? Weakened, downtrodden, blessed, lavished with love, and adopted by our Heavenly Father. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.